Hello, welcome to this podcast called Finding Inspiration. It's a 20 or so minute weekly podcast where we interview someone with an amazing story. After the show, I know you're going to feel energized, invigorated, and inspired. I'm Jennifer Weissman. Welcome to Finding Inspiration. Today's episode is going to really inspire you. Innovation Africa has helped over 3 million people in Africa. How do they do it? They bring Israeli technology to these small villages, put up solar panels, and help them find fresh water. They bring electricity and fresh water, and it is changing lives. This story is going to blow your mind. Take a listen. I'm very excited today to be speaking with Michal Smith, a key member of Innovation Africa. I want to just jump right into it. Africa, in many ways, has been left behind the rest of the world. Why is that? You know, Jennifer, it's it's an incredible question. We don't know. We don't know why. I mean, Africa as a continent has so much potential. It is rich in natural resources. The people are phenomenal. And yet we see with 620 million people living predominantly in sub-Saharan Africa without access to electricity, the simplest of things are unable to turn on a light bulb. So how can technological advances take place if the simplest of things like electricity or access to clean water are unavailable? That's sort of where innovation Africa comes in. You've identified that you say energy is the key to breaking the cycle of poverty. Absolutely. First of all, exactly what does Innovation Africa do? So Innovation Africa is a non-profit, non-governmental organization with a very simple mission to bring Israeli solar, water, and agricultural technologies to provide light to schools and medical centers across Africa, and crucially to pump clean water that exists just meters beneath the ground. Uh, We were established in 2008 uh, by the wonderful Sivanya Ari, who was spending time in Africa. And that's where she saw what real poverty meant, what real poverty was. Children, it's not just that they don't have much, they don't have anything. And without access to electricity, there cannot be improved education or medical care. And without electricity, we cannot harness the energy to pump the water, as I say, that's in aquifers across Africa. And so being Israeli, being an entrepreneur and not saying no to anything, Sivan knew there must be a solution. And so by just taking a few soda panels, which I'm sure you've all seen across Israel, the skyline is filled with soda panels. So she took a few soda panels, she raised the funds to bring electricity to a health center. And that's where it all began, going center by center, then to schools, and then identifying what the real issue was, that people were still getting sick, that children were still not attending school because they were too weak, they were too ill. And in Instead, they were spending hours each day looking for water from sources that they know would make them sick, but that was their only choice. And so we realized that we were able to provide solutions, again, harnessing the energy, drilling into the aquifer and pumping water, constructing a tower and distributing water throughout the villages. And that's really been our mission since the beginning and and all the way till now. Okay, so you put up solar panels, harness the energy of the sun to then build these drills that drill down below the earth's crust and get the natural spring water, if you will. And it's quite astonishing to think that there is clean and safe drinking water existing just beneath the ground. So we uh, work with local contractors, hydrogeologists to identify where is best to drill. We then drill sometimes 80 meters, sometimes up to 200 meters, but we're often very, very successful at finding water. You know, we have an amazing team working with us in country. We have over 80 full-time employees working with us for Innovation Africa across 
six African countries. 80 employees, you said? 80 African employees. We're now over 112 now across Africa, Israel, and the US. And Jennifer, once we drill and we find the water, we can we can install the pump. And that pump is what is powered by the solar panel. So then we're able to raise the water up into a tank and through gravity, the water flows. I cannot imagine the changes these small rural villages have seen, right? They were basically spending, as you say, the children were not being educated. They were spending their days walking to find dirty, contaminated water. What do these rural villages look like today, 2022? What's happening there? And some of Senegal, Cameroon, Zambia, Ethiopia, Uganda, Tanzania, Malawi, it goes on and on your list of innovation African villages you've helped. What do these kids, what are their lives like now? It's completely transformed. So, you know, the children are able to wake up and go directly to school, school that has light, meaning they can study safely in classrooms. They no longer have to have kerosene lamps or candles to guide their studies, but they have light in their schools. They can do afternoon programs. They even have evening study for revision classes and achieve more improved academic success, thereby helping to break the cycle of poverty again, because they can then go on to further education in health centers. We have mothers delivering babies under the light at night, again, no longer relying on harmful fumes to guide their deliveries. Vaccination, it is so crucial we've seen during this past two years now with the pandemic. Everybody's saying get vaccinated, look after yourself, take your medication. How can these rural communities get vaccinated when they have nowhere to store vaccines? So simply using solar energy, we're able to power vaccine refrigerators, we're able to provide improved medical care. Of course, drinking clean water transforms everything. People are healthier and we've seen that in the villages themselves, agricultural initiatives are established, brick making. We no longer see mud homes, but we see brick houses. Everything has changed. The last part that truly inspires us all is to see the independence and the economic prosperity that comes simply by having clean water. People are able to set up markets to sell their produce, again, helping to break the cycle and improve their quality of life. Any stories you can share with us of families? I mean, you're painting a very, very advanced picture of what life is like today, but what was life like? Can you share any stories with us of mothers or fathers that have have sat you down and said, hey, you brought water, you brought light, we have electricity, my life was like this, and now it's like X. Well, you know, Jennifer, we're very proud to have impacted over 3.4 million people now across Africa. Truly, people share with us that before they weren't living their life independently, they weren't living their life in pride, with dignity. Instead, the fathers were having to work wherever they possibly could to gain any source of income. But in these rural communities, they don't have the same opportunities that we've been afforded. And there's no reason for that. The mothers are waking up at three, four o'clock in the morning, walking five kilometers in one direction to go and carry a bucket of water from contaminated open sources that they know are going to harm them. Now imagine as a mother that you know you're going to be making a child sick. It's It's truly unimaginable that you would ever do something to put your child in harm's way. They have no choice. This is the only solution. From the millions of mothers and children and fathers who now know that they are keeping their family safe, that they can send their children to school with pride. It's a story of transformation, truly. It is. How do you select which villages get to have the solar panels and thus the 
the water pumps? How does that selection work? So we have a long list of criteria. Um, firstly, we speak with local ministers, the Minister of Energy, Minister of Water and the countries where we work to identify where their local governments are assisting, where they are going to be extending the grid so that if they, for example, are going to the left of a country, we go to the right. We don't want to duplicate efforts. We want to go help communities which would otherwise be left unsupported. So firstly, we go to the village. We identify whether it meets our criteria as I say, does not have any access to electricity and crucially will not be getting assisted within the near future. Depending on the criteria that they meet, as I say, it's a very long list, but we meet with the ministers, we meet with the local chiefs, we meet with the heads of the village, the women's association to really identify their needs and whether we can provide assistance. And once we do, we work closely with the community. Part of our work is really community-based. We are providing the services, but they own the project. We want them to be proud. We want them to have ownership of this project. Do they manage this after you come in and you drill and there's lots of fresh flowing water? Is it then handed off to the local community, the villagers, and they manage it? Or do you stay in country? Well, it's both. So we, as I say, we have our local teams. They're overseeing the projects, making sure the monitoring and maintenance takes place where necessary. Um, and of course, we set up local committees. So we have a water or a solar committee, and we have those members who are there to oversee it to ensure its sustainability and its success in their own village. And we work closely with them. We also are, are very proud to have our remote monitoring technology, which enables us to track remotely everything that's happening. So a part of our in-house Israeli innovation, we established a remote monitoring system, which allows us, our donors, and of course, all of our local team and engineers to track live at any time how much water is being pumped, how much electricity is being used from any of our projects. And crucially, if a malfunction occurs, if a pump breaks, if the solar panels aren't working properly, we receive an alert and our donors receive an alert. It's fully transparent. And of course, our local team on the ground are there ready and willing to assist and help. So how much does it cost to bring solar panels and then pump a well? with fresh water into a village, like approximately, what does that cost? So it's around fifty-five dollars to $65,000 at the moment. Um, it's going up due to international shipping costs and delays and shortages, but we're certainly doing our best. And to bring electricity to a school is just $20,000 for a relatively small amount of money is truly transformative and, and will continue to transform for generations to come. Though it really is a one-time investment for hundreds, millions of lives to be saved. It spills over. You know, when one village becomes stronger, healthier, and more economically independent, so too do neighboring villages, as they will also be able to have access to the water and agricultural developments that happens. And it really is a cycle that just keeps going. All we're doing is sharing the technology that we have in Israel and that we are fortunate enough to be able to share. And we really believe it's our responsibility that uh, we've been blessed and we have an obligation to share it with those who have been otherwise less fortunate. So uh, Jennifer, over the next five years, we're hoping to undertake an expansion plan and complete another 1,400 projects aiming to impact 10 million people. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Innovation Africa is changing millions and millions of lives. Thank you so much for inspiring us this week. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us this week on Finding Inspiration. Hey, I would appreciate it if you would click on that subscribe button and share this podcast with a friend. See you next week. I'm Jennifer Weissman.